Footy Ado podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two in close association. Footy Ado, a delusional soccer podcast. We have a special episode today. Zach is sick. So we have former podcasting partner and adopted Raymond brother, Sal Nicosia. Sal, take it away. Oh, I'm so happy I'm able to be here. The co-hosts have truly taken over the ship. Ah, speaking of ships, the old Ironsides story I want to tell today, just to start things off. Our good friend and Mothman FC alum, Anthony Katmeyer, a true treasure, a legend, a legend of heart, spirit, and soul. Uh, not so much of game tactics, but my goodness, if if uh, if center backs across the Premier League would throw their bodies in front of the ball like this young man would, we we would just we would see an epidemic of of injured crotches and eyeballs and broken noses everywhere. And poor Anthony, I'm not sure if he's still recovered from some of his injuries, but he was always first pick. So uh, I'm dedicating my story and my uh, my commentary today to Anthony and uh, his his steadfast performances and his hardened outside crotch area to uh to our to our work today all right is that your story was that your story or i guess so i mean there's a lot to say about anthony what can you provide some some story for us with you were there yeah i mean well anthony there's there was a stretch of time where we'd play anthony who had played soccer growing up but for whatever reason, he never had cleats whenever we oh, would play. Yeah. He would always wear basketball shoes. Always but, wore jeans, too. Always had the jeans on. Yeah, or like cargo shorts or something, or jean shorts, stuff like that. So a lot of the times, I think there was a stretch where every single game we would play, uh, he would get hit uh, below the belt. Every trying time. to make a block. And he, you know, he, was always, he was always an excellent, he would always put his body on the line. Yeah, old iron. My, my my favorite would be always the uh, on the clearances. My friend, he would always just swing that leg like a howitzer. He was like a seventy millimeter naval cannon on the front of a ship, and that ball would just go further than you could see it go over the horizon. My God, if he made contact with it, 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 it he was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, we just we'd have to send people to the woods to go get the ball sometimes. And you'd yeah. have to hope that that the the homeless people on the, the rail trail just wouldn't eat you alive and maybe you'd come back if you could get yeah, yourself maybe. over the fence and back. Yeah, absolutely. Old, old reliable. I, I maybe, maybe not the most flattering story, but certainly a, a, a poignant memory in our oh. malt men careers. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you play, when you play pickup, not everyone want like most people want to go up and play offense. Never once did he tech. want to play for. No, he was always so he was always he solidified himself as one of the the guys who would play defense and he would do a great job at it. Um, but a lot of the time, you know, like he's not he wasn't he was never the best at the ball at its feet. So basically, the tactic that each team whoever had him would deploy is like you get that ball and you're in trouble, just boot it, and that's what you he did. You stay right at that back line and in that back left-hand corner, and if you see it, you kick it as far. I remember him kicking it far behind the goal, just yeah. back and forth for the opposing team's corner kick, and you weren't even upset about it because guess what? It was a, a clearance was a clearance. Yeah, absolutely. 
And Anthony even Anthony even today is still as reliable as he was then. And oh, yeah. he he uh he is just an unbelievable uh heart and spirit individual. That oh, kid absolutely. you could lose by you could lose by fifteen and he would still pat you on the back and and my goodness. All around um, all around good dude. Oh, a, a champion of the people, truly. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that was good. I enjoyed that. Uh, I'm glad we went. I'm glad we went. Uh, we shared the story because I feel like you, I feel like you, you got a little bit of insight that maybe I missed. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's all good. I, 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 I like. I like. Yeah. I love it. That's how I we do it. things around here. We tell we tell a good, nice personal story at the beginning, and then we get into the uh, the nitty gritty. So let's let's get on to that. Uh, the international break is over. It finally ended. I feel like it's been so long since we got to watch uh, Premier League soccer. I feel uh, like it too. I do. Yeah. Um, the first thing we're going to talk about the big game, and it was we, you know we were we were given a treat to start off because we had Liverpool Spurs this weekend, which was a big game, um, not only in the title race but also the top four race. And it, it didn't disappoint. It was it was a dramatic game. Liverpool came up and scored in the I believe it was the twentieth minute on a header from Roberto Firmino. And right in the second half as, as Spurs started to push, you could see that the pressure mounted and you know, Liverpool had failed to get that second goal to sort of put the game away. And Spurs came back and, and equalized. Well, but what Unbelievable, unbelievable! Spurs, the Spurs are how Spursy are the Spurs? Uh, it's I mean, I you can't write it any any more Spursy than that with the way that that game ended. Um, and you know they get a they get a bad knock on the sort of the whole Spursy thing where, I, but at some moments they have some some really really good strong like character like type wins and this one was just sort of a backbreaker. Mohamed Salah comes in, heads it, it's a weak header. Hugo Lloris doesn't catch it for, somehow. It goes right off of uh Toby Alderald and into the goal in like the 89th minute or 90th minute and you know and that was it. Liverpool Liverpool grabbed the win. Unbelievable. And what a, and what a shame cuz Alderweireld is just so out of sorts like I you 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 feel for you feel for a player that that just total rejection or de- dejection on his face after that, after that kind of a bounce, and and then yeah, goes I mean, into your past your own keeper. Yeah. Oh, nothing but, he could really do in that situation. Lloris plays it right off his feet. It was a wild. It was a wild. Uh, and even game. after after the match, they they had asked um, Harry Kane his thoughts on the on the finish, and he said he stated to the media that he was at a total loss. So I mean, one of the top players in the, in the world, you know, can't yeah. even can't even put his emotions into words for 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 a comment on something like that. I mean, that speaks that speaks a volume in it, in itself, and especially with the form they've had recently. I mean, it, it makes sense though. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a rough going for for Spurs. They uh, so Harry Kane was injured, and they put on a nice run. Uh, towards the top of the table, put a couple good results together, and then Harry Kane comes back probably a little too early. Since he came back, they so uh, they beat well they beat Dortmund in the Champions League. The first leg they hammer him three nil. So that's a huge win. And since that game, they've had five matches, 
not the five five matches in the league, and they've gotten one point. So they beat Dortmund again in the second leg to advance. Um, but in the league, five matches, one point. It was a draw against Arsenal. And if Aubameyang makes his penalty at the end of that game, Spurs have no points out of 15 from a five-game stretch, which is remarkable. What a tragedy that it had to be a point they took from Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that game was, that game was insane. And it's with it's weird with like with international breaks and um, different cup competitions, whether it be Champions League or like FA Cup and stuff like that. Um, it really, it sometimes once you put all the games together and look at it, they've gone five games in the Premier League with one point. Like, there's been breaks in between those games, like they have two games where they beat Dortmund. So things look okay, and things are, in that regard, they're still alive in the Champions League, which is huge for that uh, club, especially with their new stadium opening. Uh, but the fact that they were being talked about as a team that could challenge for the title at some point, and then it's completely, they, it's com- been completely derailed. They, at, as of now, with Arsenal's result against Newcastle, they sit in fourth, tied on points with uh, Manchester United. They're ahead of them on goal differential. So now they're struggling just to even stay in that top four. And you know what's crazy is you, you talk about their last five games and only taking one point. The only other team in the table that has a similar statistic is Fulham, who are in 19th, who have taken no points from their last five games. Right, yes. But if you look at this, insane look at to the, think about. Yeah, if you look at the form table, Spurs right now are at the very bottom of that. Um, and. I guess, I mean, their stadium can't open soon enough. Their next game is against Crystal Palace, and that's going to be the first game in their new stadium. I think they sort of need that to sort of recharge and revitalize this team because they're 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 falling off the tracks right now. Do you see it all as being lost, though, because they've had the success in the Champions League? I mean, to beat Dortmund so emphatically the way they did, you know, 3-0 three three the, um, the first leg and then 1-0 the second leg, but you know, four nil on on aggregate is a pounding to to take to Dortmund like that. You know, is is it all is it all gone? Is it all lost thus far? I'm... No, I mean, so I mean, we used to look at. It. I mean, they're still very much they're in the top four. They have the advantage um, in goal differential over Manu and Chelsea, who sit a point behind them. Um, so they're still very much alive. I still think they can make that push. I think with the new stadium opening, I think they might get a, a bounce in their step. Uh, players are still coming back in the fold, getting fully healthy. Um, but you're right. I mean, that Champions League game is that Champions League win is is huge for them. Um, I think the thing with Spurs, I think what they do is when people expect the least from them, they thrive. So people, ex- they're in, they're in the Champions League. People don't expect them to go too far. Like maybe knockout round, and that'll be it. Dortmund is, is having a great season. They struggled a little bit as of late. Um, but Tottenham go through, and then you look at them in the league where people expect them to do good, expect them to be a part of that title challenge, and now they've dropped to fourth. So I think when the, when the least is expected of them, they thrive, which shows good character. But they also come up short when when they're you know maybe their heads start to get a little too big for their shoulders, and they then and they falter a little bit. Their expectation should be at an all-time low then in the next round of the Champions League because they'll have to go up against Manchester City, who you know I I would feel is is the favorite against them in that matchup. Absolutely, I mean Man City is one of the 
like you had stated, is that, I mean, they're one of the favorites in the entire competition. You got, I mean, right. with Juventus and Barcelona, Man City, you know, those are, I think, the three, probably the three best teams in Europe. Um, Tottenham have a bit of an advantage, not against Man City necessarily, but, like, I think it's better for them to play a team like Man City rather than playing Juventus or Barcelona because there Absolutely. is that in-country rivalry sort of element. So they will up their game even more just because they're playing a team that they not only um, that they're familiar with, uh, but also it's yeah it's an extra sort of motivation because City are the kings of England right now, and that's where Spurs want to be. Definitely think it's good to have that sense of familiarity. Absolutely, and and it'll help them go going forward. And like you said, if they can if they can get some momentum in that first um, in that first game against City in the Champions League, if they can get the stadium to open and it hopefully. Um, is is a nice clean transition for them into their new stadium. They have to play Palace in their first game if everything goes according to plan. Um, you know, can't ever write any of these things in stone, but you could really see a turn in the tide for um, for the for Spurs. Uh, Harry Kane, you know, comes back at some in some timetable. You know, things it could not all be so bad. They're still in fourth. It's you know they have to catch themselves before they totally fall. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Crystal Palace is by no means a cakewalk. Um, no, certainly not. They're a scrappy team. They, you know, they've beaten Manchester City this year. Um, your, your beloved Eagles. I do uh, love but, I do love the Eagles. Yeah, but... Uh, Don't take that one out of context. No yeah, no, uh, yeah. no voice clips. But I do, no. love, I do love Crystal Palace. Their fans and their atmosphere that they have is unbelievable. And, I mean, obviously it'll be at... Um, Tottenham's new stadium, but I mean, unbelievable team. Wilfred Zaha is one of the best players, in my opinion, in the Premier League. Yeah, um, I think he's certainly he's certainly probably I would say probably the best player outside the top six. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, like they're never they are never a team to, to take lightly. Um, but I want to take a look at the uh, the top four race as it stands. You know, we mentioned a little bit. So Liverpool. Well, we'll go to the title race first. Liverpool with a win. They have a game in hand on City. They're up two points. City don't look like they are gonna lose anytime soon. So if they, you know, if they finish with the same results, you know, if they win out and Liverpool live out, City take the title. Um, they're two points behind, but again, they have one extra game and they play Brighton this week. So I'm sure they're gonna make up those points and be at top of the table. What do you think? Where? Who's your Who's your pick uh, on this? In the title race, you have Liverpool. Or you got Man City taking it again. Um, my head tells me that Manchester City will walk away as Premier League champions again, but uh, my heart tells me Liverpool. I love their passion and I love Jurgen Klopp and I love the way that they play. Uh, but Manchester City is just so—they're just so tactical and they're and they're so concise in the way that they that they execute and they're just so good all the time. Yeah. They no, very I, rarely are mistakes made. Um, it's just so hard to see them not win again. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I sort of agree with that. Like, I think my head is leaning towards City. Um, but, I mean, Liverpool, they're hanging in there. That was a gutsy win. Obviously, there was the misfortune for Spurs. They got a little lucky, uh, did Liverpool. But um, they are showing me bits and pieces that they, um, you know, they can – they can break into this. 
It's um, a gift. Can... Liverpool, are, Liverpool have been given a gift, so they have to be able to, to take advantage of the opportunity that they have. Can you imagine that the tide turns for Liverpool off of a Toby Alderweireld own goal, and this yeah. is how things start for them to push forward to win the title? That, that, yeah. that Manchester City fans look back this season and say, that is the defining moment? What, yeah. what an unbelievable marking insane. point that would be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Liverpool's had so many moments in recent years where they've been the uh, the product of misfortune that led them to end up missing out on a chance for glory. Uh, but it's it's going to be an exciting finish. I think. I mean, like Man City have to play Manchester United coming down coming down the stretch. Liverpool, like they just beat Spurs, so they got that out of the way. They will have to play Chelsea again, which will be another another close game that could greatly affect the title race. But um, it's anyone's it's anyone's game, and and the top four, even the top four, like three through six right now, we got Arsenal sixty three points, Spurs and Man U sixty one points, Chelsea with sixty points. So there's four teams fighting for for two spots. So it's it, this is I've been saying to Zach, Zach, we've been talking about how this has been the most exciting sort of uh, exciting title race we've had in years. One of the most exciting seasons we're going to have because we have a two horse race, but then we also have a four horse race for those extra two spots in the top four. Um, what do you think? Do you think an Arsenal going to pull away and uh, nab that one of those top four spots? What are your thoughts on that? I would certainly hope so. I mean, I'm a little bit of bias shown, but I'm, um... I would certainly hope that they're able to continue the form that they've kept since um, you know Emery has come in and been able to keep up their winning ways. I know we're going to see the departure of Aaron Ramsey, and that's something that I'm I'm not overly enthusiastic about. But to use him, I think he's been one of their best players um, in recent games over their last five, at least, uh, and and to to continue to utilize him and his skill as well as um, just the same keeping up the same tempo and you know obviously but you talk about how close it is Tottenham as long as they can keep from scoring own goals on themselves and United as long as they can keep Pogba from you know uh defecting to uh Real uh and even Chelsea look at look how close these numbers are or how close the points numbers are I should say um a couple of years ago we had we had it where you know you were you were 15 points ahead to win the league halfway through the season who wants to watch that that's not fun that's not entertaining that's not exciting for anybody right yeah i mean in recent years recent years it's been like okay the title has already been won like city have pulled away chelsea have pulled away in recent years and it was been like okay well at least we have like maybe a a little like top 4 race and then we also have the relegation fight this year we have we'll have a relegation fight We'll have the top four fight, but we also have that title race between City and Liverpool. It's a very exciting thing to see. I think I'm thinking Arsenal. Arsenal, are, I'm, I'm liking to see what I'm seeing from them, and I think United have are another team that has an edge. Tottenham, like we said, they're struggling. United has their new manager. I think they're playing excellent under him, uh, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But and I do, um, I I agree. I think it'll be Arsenal and then United and then Chelsea, and I think ultimately Tottenham will slip down to that sixth spot. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd hope Chelsea can creep in there and fight a little bit, obviously, being a fan myself. but They're certainly not out of things. I I mean, yeah, points-wise, yeah, but, I mean, there's nothing. Chelsea Chelsea is a team that worries me. Um, I've seen, like, in this past week, their game against Cardiff, they do exactly what they've done in so many games this season, which is so frustrating. They start a game off. The first half, they dominate. 
dominate possession, uh, but don't get any real chances. And then the second half starts, and they give up a goal in like the first five, ten minutes, which they did to Cardiff. <laughs> Luckily for them, they came away with two goals in the final five minutes to, to steal that game, but it's the same thing every time. So I don't – I mean, I think Spurs with this – with Spurs opening their stadium, it could be huge in this title race. I think them opening it could see them – Ahead of Chelsea, maybe it'll get them into that top four, but it, it could prove a big a big point. I think it's going to be Arsenal and United up there in three and four, and then Spurs followed by Chelsea, personally. It'll, it'll be close all the way. I think Chelsea's performance always comes in ebbs and flows um, overall, so you see how they win and, and then they drop a game, and then they'll draw, and then maybe they'll win again, and they'll have that classic dominating Chelsea performance. And like you said, they'll come out strong, and then they'll, then they'll give one up a soft one but it, it, in a game. But they'll win, and they'll lose, and then they'll draw, and then they'll win, and they'll win, and they'll win, and then they'll lose a game that maybe they should win. I don't know, just, just to... Yeah, um, they're, they're streaky. They, they, they have a sort yeah. of pattern that they've, they've fallen and, into. And it's and I think maybe if they can just sort themselves out here coming into things where we're seeing where we are all going to land, um, I don't know, I feel like they have a better chance moving forward here toward the end of the season. Yeah, well, we'll we will see. And, and I'm gonna take all this speculation, here. All, all hearsay. Of course, all hearsay. Delusions abound here on the podcast. But I'm going to take this uh, moment now to take a short ad break. All right, we're going to shift down now towards the uh, the bottom of the table. The first team this year to uh, get relegated, Huddersfield Town, with their, loss, with their loss and with Burnley's win over Wolves. They have dropped down. They will be playing championship football next season. They're, they currently sit in 20th place, 14 points. They're 19 points adrift. So they are the first team and the joint earliest team in Premier League history to to get relegated, so um, a lot of things. Uh, there's a lot of thought. I have a lot of thoughts on this because I mean, you know, I've talked to you about it. I've talked to Zach about it. Just Huddersfield, it's incredible that they even were playing in the Premier League to begin with. Um, they were a team that they were fifth in the Championship two years ago. They made it, so they qualified for the the playoff. Mind you, they had a minus two goal differential. The only te- I don't think any team before them had gotten promoted with a negative goal differential. They win both their playoff games on penalty shootouts, and they win the final on penalty shootouts, and they they get promoted. So it was the first place team, second place team, and Huddersfield, which was incredible. It was um, certainly a situation that they had defied every odd, every odd. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, not somewhere they belonged and not somewhere that people thought they would thrive once they got there. So yeah. to win the way they did on the penalties and then to come to the Premier League, you know, an inevitable an inevitable result to their time spent in the Premier League, though, unfortunately. But, you know, it, 14 points this season thus far. I mean, is it is it the worst outcome that could have happened? No, I mean it's like the lowest. The lowest is eleven points to ever happen in the Premier League. Uh, so they're close to that. And I mean, there's only six games left, so who knows how many more they'll nab before the end of the season. So it's very much on the lower end of of performances. You know, they, uh, I believe, if they fail to get two more goals the rest of the season, it'll be the lowest goal tally. They've always been. 
it'll be the lowest goal tally ever. I mean, they're, they've always been known for, uh, like, they, they were more defensive team. Right. They didn't score a lot of goals. They got, like, last year, they, last season they finished in 16th, which was incredible. The fact that they stayed up because no one expected them to stay up. David Wagner did a great job. They started off the season pretty strong. I think they won two of their first three games, got a draw. I think they had seven points out of the first three games, and they were up in the top four, which was which is something that they needed because you know they obviously they soon fizzled out and started getting more slowly. But they they got they got some good results. Their goal differential was minus thirty. Last year, oh my God. which was the second lowest in the league all of last year, yet they managed to get 16th place. So I remember were, discussing this with Zach um, last year also, and and that that minus 30. Uh, I remember that that particular statistic, and what an incredible thing to look at, and then look at it again now as well, and see how just how low it is again. Yeah, I mean, it's that they've never been a team to get a lot of goals, but they've had gutsy performances where they'd win games 1-0, you know, then they would go on and they'd lose a game 4-0 against the top side, but they would get those nitty-gritty performances. They had a huge performance last year um, at, I believe it was at Stamford Bridge, where they drew Chelsea. It was a huge loss for Chelsea in their, t- in their top four aspirations, and Huddersfield, with that draw, stayed up, and there was a couple games to spare, which was Again, insane because right. no one even. I think I remember Zach was in this uh, sort of group text with a bunch of people, and he was the only one who had predicted Huddersfield to stay up. No one had them staying up. Everyone expected them to go down, and not only that, I think most people had them in twentieth place. I mean, um, that's an easy prediction to make. I mean, based on how they got there, yeah, to yeah. say that they would go down as easily as they did, so. Exactly, but like that's you like a, you said, that's they a defied, great pick to say they'll stay up. Yeah, like like you said, they defied the odds. Everyone had them probably in twentieth place. This this year they are in twentieth. They will probably remain in twentieth. Um, yeah, uh, but I think it's a season later than to, we all expected, which is incredible. Yeah, and and you know what? It's it's wonderful that they did stay up last year because even though they're going to be relegated now, you'd love to draw positivity away from it in the fact that. They will go down to the championship, but being exposed so much time in the top flight, you know, from an aspect of fan, uh, being with fans and and generating revenue and being ex- players being exposed to a higher level of play, they they can come away with a lot of positive um, from the time that they've spent. Even though it's it's just just an awful feeling to go back. At the end of the game against Crystal Palace, um, the fans were cheering for them, even though they had lost and they had gotten the news that they would go back down. And it was something that was on on Twitter, pretty primarily that I had seen. So it's it's not it's not a a all so sad occasion, you know. Right now, it's kind of like a celebrate. Like now, the rest of the season, they can regroup, get ready for going down to the championship, but also celebrate their time there. Take it in, drink it in. They're in the Premier League, you know. They were there longer than people expected. There were people didn't even expect them to ever make it there. Learn from everything. Learn from yeah. everything and take it back down with them, so they can continue to be competitive. They don't have to be the fifth team in the championship to win on penalties to make it back in two years from now or in a year from now or whatever the timetable is. They can win the championship and know that they'll be in the Premier League again if that's their path. But you know, 
Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see sort of how they perform next year. Um, obviously, I think they will lose some players. Certainly. Um, because, you know, they probably have some players in there that are, you know, Premier League quality or are young and up and coming and are going to try and make their way into it. So we'll see who stays. We'll see how they do next year. They got rid. So earlier in the season, David Wagner, who got them up, they, um, they both, it was a mutual agreement for him to leave his position. Um, which was interesting to me because I felt like it was sort of des like they knew they were going down. It was destined for them to go down. Um, I mean, the new manager hire was sort of just like, all right, we're going to start a new, a new transition and just start getting ready for the championship. But I don't know why David Wagner couldn't have been a part of that. So, um, cause it seemed like very early on, they sort of knew they were going down. Uh, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how, uh, long if, you know, if they can fight, let's see how long it's going to take them to get back to the premier league. If they do in any, um, recent times, we'll see. It's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. It'll be very. Uh, they're going to be a team I'm going to keep, especially next year. I'll keep my eye on them. Hopefully, they don't drop too far down. You know, we've seen some teams get relegated from the Premier League, and then they lose players, and then they get dropped down, and they're fighting for their life in the Championship. I hope that doesn't happen with Huddersfield, but I hope also that their fans and the players who uh, played for them the past two years don't really hold their head too low. They hold their head <clears> high. Of course, and not. they they did they did amazing in the in the league, especially last year. The accomplishments that they've they've had and the strides that they made, especially after staying up last year, they have nothing to be holding their head low about. Yeah, another person who needs to uh, is going to be holding their head up, especially now, is uh, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, hired by Manchester United a couple days ago, March twenty eighth, was hired permanently. So he came in uh, towards the end of December. Uh, United were struggling. Uh, they parted ways with Jose Mourinho and then they hired Ali Gunnar. They brought Ali Gunnar Solskjaer in from Molde in Norway to be a caretaker manager and they have now just recently hired him permanently. What took so long? I I love I love I love him. I love him. He has won 14 of it took him 14 of 19 wins in his matches to take full control. I don't know why it took that long. Why did it take? He's fifteen, two and three in his twenty games in the Premier League. Why? The, the, what? What was the? It was the miracle at Manchester United. That's what they dubbed it. Yeah. As soon as as soon as you saw the success and the cohesion, and and everyone talks about the turnover from Jose Mourinho and and the and the tragic you know relationships that he built there with players, and um, that's I think that's a nice way to put it. Um, yeah. And I get that you come off of that, and it's easy to make these comparisons and say why so soon. But it it just makes sense, and I'm glad that it's finally happened. Yeah, I mean, like the thing is with with uh, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer, he came in he, when they they brought him in as the caretaker. You know, he he was a Manchester United player. He the deal was for him to come in as the caretaker manager, finish the season, then go back to Molde, his uh, club in Norway. And he probably wasn't even in their top five. He wasn't even in their like on their short list for for manage, managerial candidates. And then you know he starts off strong. I mean they're playing Cardiff, playing Bournemouth, big wins. I believe they beat Huddersfield four one also. Um, so everything's looking good. Um, they get a couple wins in the FA Cup. They beat Arsenal. They beat Chelsea. Uh, 
everything's on the up. And I mean, still they're talking about maybe, like maybe, like do they keep him? Do they not? I think at the first half of his tenure so far sort of played him into contention as as someone on the short list. You know, they've they've been looking at uh, Mauricio Pochettino at Spurs, who now we've seen where they've gone since all this talk mm. has happened. Uh, very much different trajectories those two at the moment. Uh, and then the Champions League came up. And oh, I think that. what happened was they lost 2-0 to, to PSG in the first leg. And I think that's when people were like, all right, you know, he's reached his ceiling. He's not going to do much. He's not going to be the future for Manchester United because we want to be able to win those games. But then he comes back and they win 3-1 uh, in Paris and they advance. To me, that's more emphatic to win away like that in a, in a Absolutely. state in Paris against a team like PSG. There's no better setting for a, a manager like that to prove people wrong, to prove everyone wrong. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbe- he yeah. could, he, unbelievable situation that he was given to be able to now be the, appointed the permanent manager. Yeah, I mean, and he's, and he's played he's played United into the top four race. They were very far away from. I mean, they were in, I believe they were in six when he came in. Yes. but they were they were like 10, 10 or so points back. He brings them up. They are now very much, and we've talked about it. There, there are favorites to to nab the fourth spot under Arsenal. Um, just yeah, just incredible. I mean, he's had so in the league, he's had eleven wins, two draws, one loss. He won three FA Cup games, and then of course they lost to Wolves recently, which was a was kind of a surprise. It was kind of a shocking sort of loss and a di- very disappointing loss for him as for his tenure as manager. Um, I mean, so I, I mean, now we can say he had three wins, one loss in the FA Cup. But as long as you don't, if you don't win the FA Cup, if you lose in the FA Cup, you're out. So I mean, three wins doesn't mean anything if you if you have a loss. Uh, so they were unable to make the semifinal, and then they have that game in the Champions League. They're now coming up against Barcelona. It'll be very interesting to see how this team plays. Um, I'm still not sure how he is tactically as a manager, but I know for sure he's brought in that positivity to Manchester United and it's showing. So I get, I mean I think they have a real shot to to advance. They've been, you know, what I've seen from them, they've they they were my pick to go on and win the Champions League. That was one of the delusions I had on this podcast recently. Um it's a Wait, stretch. A lot, of, a lot but, of the success that they've that they found to with his um managerial um strategy is a, a lot of on uh, obviously a lot of on the pitch uh tactic. Obviously, but um, you have the relationships that he's making with the players and the oh, yeah. chemistry that exists inside of the dressing room and off the field and in on the training ground. I think um, with their with the predecessor with Mourinho, I think a lot of those things were very drastically different. And you talk about Jose Mourinho has talked about everywhere he goes as that person, and who mm-hmm. carries he carries that negative stigma. And um, I think after such a drastic change, I think, you know, this was only a natural progression for people to come to love their next manager in, in Gunnar Solskjaer. So I'm, I'm so excited that they have found him worthy after he proves himself to, uh, to be the permanent, the permanent guy there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, like... There's no reason they shouldn't be able to win the Champions League. I don't know how delusional that really is. I mean, it's. I mean, they're certainly not one of the. I mean, at this point, any of the, a lot of the teams, like I think, you can look at that, like the remaining eight teams. I think six of them, you could say, could actually 
really go ahead. Maybe five or six of them can actually go on and win it. Um, so it's, it's a crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's a crazy because PSG were favorites. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a crazy competition. So I think it can go anyway. Um, and I mean, it should be noted the two, the two biggest losses in his tenure. We're going to remove the PSG one because they came back and won. They lost two nil to Arsenal and they lost to Wolves in the, uh, FA Cup quarterfinal. It should be said that they they have been dealing with some injuries. Uh, they had, you know, Martial was injured. I believe Rashford was hurt for a little while. Those guys are getting back into it now. Um, so I think they're going to start improving again because because his you know the the Ali the Ali Gunner steam train that steamroller that came through sort of slowed down a bit because now like they were on the trajectory to take over and be in third place. And distance right. themselves, but they're you know they they fell back a little bit. It's sort of calmed down. They're very much in a in a tussle for that top four. Um, but they got he had, players. He had won everything and, until until he faced Arsenal. Yeah, in the league, especially. Yeah, it's like so. It's slowing down now, but I think players are coming back from injury, and I think it's going to be very beneficial to them. And they're going to. I think they're going to overtake Spurs. I think it's only a matter of time. Uh, but yeah, he's done. Absolutely incredible. Um, and what, what are it, your uh, What are your thoughts on the on the information that you have we have on Pogba and the rumors surrounding his de- potential departure? And now uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's comments about building the team around him after maybe some um, less than friendly times he faced uh, earlier in the season. Right, yeah. I mean, I think that's a big thing. That's a, that's a big thing for him as a manager to say because, you know, Pogba's been dealing with Mourinho most of this time, and Mourinho will take him in and out of the squad. He gave him the captaincy, and then he took it away and said he's never going to captain the team again. Uh, whereas uh, Ali is very much positive with Pogba and is very much – he wants to – I think he, he's trying to send a message to him. I am building this team around you. You're going to be the main man going forward. Don't go to Real Madrid. Uh, where you're not going to be the main man. You're going to be very much second fiddle at that club. Um, it would be, now, granted, it would be a great signing for Real Madrid because I think their midfield is has dropped off tremendously and they're aging, but it's also attractive for Pogba because Zinedine Zidane is the manager now. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how Real Madrid do moving forward with Zidane, whether that midfield that they have needs to be replaced at the end of the season. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see him going, but I also, I I think, why go now that it's finally starting to get good? You came back to the club that you came up in the academy on, or you were, you you know, he was signed there as a young player, never really made it, went to Juventus, made his name, came back, and now it's finally starting to get real good for them. I don't know why he would, I don't, I, like, I know it's Real Madrid, but like, I, I think you, I think you stay, ride this, ride this train right now. I think Pogba has suffered through so much this year uh, exclusively that like you say so like you're saying now um, it would be foolish for him to walk away from an opportunity to go from being you know the the teased player with the captaincy to the man where he can take that away he can take that experience away where he can say look at what happened to me and look where I have now stepped the role that I have now stepped into uh, just from you know the leadership that uh, I'm being shown. And he's he is a leader. Pogba's a leader, and uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a leader, and 
and you see where they're heading and, and the success that they're having. Um, I think you see Pogba definitely stick around uh, to finish finish his time out at United and, and maybe even beyond that because he looks like he's having a good time. Yeah, and I think if he waits around, sees sort of who they bring in because they're very much going to go on a spending spree um, this summer. And, you know, if they start bringing in some some exciting players to to play around him, that, that could be very, rather enticing. So, I, th- I mean, I, I think... There, is there a chance that he goes to Real Madrid? Yeah, of course. There's sure. always a chance when Real Madrid comes calling. But I, I'd like to see him stay. I think it's better for the league if he stays, and I think I think he will. Um, he's such an emphatic individual too, Pogba. I, he's like his yeah, his social media and his just his personality. It would be off the field, even a tremendous loss to the to, like you said to the league. Like he would go to Real, and I mean it wouldn't be. It would be different. It would be very different. Yeah, he's a he's a charismatic player, and he's he's one that's exciting to have uh, in the league, and it's exciting to finally see him be um, the main man. At, Absolutely at, at United because it's been a rough going, especially under Mourinho. It was it was never really the best. He had some flashes, but it's I want to see a full season of Pogba being the main man. See what type of season he could put together, and see where Manchester United go. But see how it's far done. they. As long as we can get a full season of Paul Pogba, like, side fade, like, buzz cuts with all the different cool stuff he likes to throw into his hair, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, look, I mean, he certainly has something to prove. I think if he has a, a full season where he changes his hair every every week and he's still playing good, no one will point to that as an excuse. Because, I, I, I mean, I don't... Joke. So many, yeah, I know. So many, so many pundits are always like... I love that. Oh man, he focuses too much on his hair. Like I, it doesn't take that much out of your mental capacity to go how and get a haircut. How can it? People, it's like how can people point that out as the detractor of a professional athlete's game? Yeah. Hey man, like I'm sorry, like I wasn't that great on the podcast. It's because I got like a haircut earlier, yeah. so I was like very like, nervous about that. Like I don't yeah. think it affects him that much. Like oh, come on, it's taking like, some time out of his day. When he's on the field playing, he can't see his own haircut. So yeah. how can he be that worried about it? Yeah. I, I, I don't, think they, I don't I think know. they say it takes time out of you know him training and getting mentally ready. It's like I, the thing is with me, it's like if I, if I'm playing any sort of sport, if I know like if I feel if I'm confident in the way that I look, you know if I get a like if we go and play soccer and I get a fresh cut the day we go play, I'm gonna be more confident playing. And I'll be. And it's actually going to positively affect it in any way. If if it were to affect me in any way, it would be positive because I'd be like, you know, what? I look good. I'm confident right now. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. It's never going to have a negative effect. Definitely. And if that's part of the process too, like every athlete has their process. If part of his process is before match day going and making that happen and being with people that he trusts and and is friends with and whomever. And going and getting his haircut, let let the man. He's a grown man. Let him go and enjoy that. And as long as he can perform on the pitch and and be able to be at a high level, I don't see why it would be a problem. And I agree. And it's great because it's yeah. he's he's just he's just hilarious too. So yeah, he's a fun guy. All right, delusion time. Sal is your first time being a part of a delusion. Oh, so on... so so walk me through. I've listened to you guys every episode that you've made but okay. give me a breakdown of so, the delusion 
So what we do is basically we we trade off each time. So each episode, either Zach or I will start off with a personal soccer story that we've dealt with and had in our life. Um, and then whoever doesn't tell the story will have to come up with a delusion at the end. Um, as you know, footy you do, it's a delusion shared by two. Uh, but so we go back and forth each time. So since you told the story this week, I will give a delusion or we try to make them. It's kind of like they're, they're a hot take. It's a hot okay. take. All right. I like it. Uh, I like, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of the hot take. So, um, yeah. um, I like your, uh, I like your strategy. Yeah. I mean, so, so both podcasts that I'm on, we have this one and I'm also on cue the banter with Nick. Another both, fantastic production. Might I say? Oh, oh, thank you. Nice little plug we got there. Um, <laughs> The uh, two for both podcasts. So you have requested more hot takes on here, and Todd has requested more hot takes on Cue the Banter. So people like people just want the hot takes. I could do I could do with a podcast of you guys only hot takes. Yeah. What I, so what I actually what I want to do is one a new podcast I'm working on, or I would love to do is so when me Nick me and Zach or me and Nick start to set up a recorded podcast, sometimes it takes like an hour just to get the recording. To work obviously they're on the east coast i'm on the west coast it's easier now that we've gotten clean feed to start working but i was like i want to do a podcast where the episode is literally just the hour before we actually start recording <laughs> like bonus do, episodes we used to do that for a podcast that i did at stockton where it was just the b-roll and we would uh keep it for ourselves i love it that's some, i mean cause some there's great, some great some great b-roll Absolutely. There's some good content. Yeah, there's some good content. There. There's no pressure. You joke around. You talk, and like it makes for some good content. Um, but Very also funny. another, th- Very yeah, funny stuff. yeah. Another thing I want to do on this is I want to start posting the delusions that we have. Like save them and like track them to see how how well they hold up. Um, and I want to like post them to Instagram with a uh, you know like those. <laughs> inspirational quotes with like the nature background and then the quote over it. I want to post them with that on there. So I think look out for those soon. Be very, very basic white girly looking, but I'd be yeah. in full support. Yeah. Just footy, just footy things. <laughs> find, find, find out, find out what that branding would cost you to use because that's what it should be. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just hot uh, takes, hot takes, just hot takes. Um, all right, so the delusion. I'm gonna stick with Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer with the delusion for this week. So, um, people at Manchester United are very excited, as we said. Like, what took them so long to hire him? He's done absolutely excellent. Um, and you know, I think I think Manchester United players should be happy. I think Manchester United should be happy with the with the way they go. But my delusion here is that I think more so. I think the rest of the Premier League should be happy. The other teams should be happy because Ali Gunnar Solskjaer, as good as he's done so far, he's still very unproven as a manager. I think Manchester United would have been far more dangerous moving forward had they gone with a manager like Mauricio Pochettino, who's proven himself, whereas Solskjaer, Solskjaer has managed in Norway. He had He's won two league titles in Norway. He won in 2011, 2012. He hasn't won since. So he went and had 2013, 2014. He came to Cardiff City in 2014 in the Premier League. They got relegated. They finished in 20th place. So he's managed a Premier League team for a full season. They were the last place team. Um, Then he went back to Norway. He hasn't won the league there. So 
I think as good as he's done, it's still a very risky long-term hire. I love him as a caretaker manager, but my delusion is that I think that the other teams in the top six should be happy that they stuck with Ali Gunnar Solskjaer. And I'm sure that if you are if you are noticing this, that there are some folks in some high places in those top teams who are also noticing this as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could be proven wrong. They could bring in, they can buy a couple, like some some really good players, and they can continue this run. I just, I he hasn't proven himself in the Premier League yet. I think, so I think he, I mean, it'll be interesting to see as a, a full season. I think, I think they're going to be, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were under Mourinho the first half of the season. But again, I mean, like, he got relegated. I know it's with Cardiff, but like, he's hardly the, like, we haven't seen much from him yet to say, oh, he's a world-class tactical sort of manager. I mean, I'm sure he's great for motivation. You know, he has that player experience, so he's good with players. Um, but... I don't know. I don't know if he was the best tactical choice moving forward. I mean, he certainly has a foundation to build on now. And you definitely uh, you definitely see the delusion behind your your statement. So I, I, I'm interested now as well. You've, you've shed some new light. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to keep that a little bit before we got into the delusion. I like, I, I believe everything I said before when we were talking about him, I believe he's done excellent. I think, He's done everything in his power to really earn them higher, earn the earn the job permanently. Um, so it's not a knock on what he's done so far, you know, the PSG performance stuff like that. It's more just a, I don't know yet. I'm still not I'm still not completely sold on him. Uh, and it, it's certainly not a takeaway to uh, to look for more confirmation of his success, um, even because his success has been so limited. And so short, um, even though right. it has been so emphatic in the PSG win and in the way he took over from Mourinho. But uh, now that he's the permanent manager, he'll have all that opportunity and more. Yeah, I mean, and they're they're very much they're in a good even with him they're in a good they're in a good position, they're in a better position than Chelsea. You know, if if Pochettino ends up going somewhere else after this year and doesn't stay with Spurs, they'd be in a better position than Spurs. So I mean, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Um, I mean, this this could even open the door for other clubs to take chances on coaches like um, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer uh, in the future because you have coaches that are, you know, maybe, like you're saying, coaching in Norway and then coaching Cardiff and teams that are being relegated and then put them put them in a big club and now look at the success. Yeah. They yeah. just maybe weren't given the right the Yeah, right maybe. I mean, you rather than... Yeah, I mean, because I mean, you look at the Premier League. There's always that recycling of managers. We see, okay, Pardew got got hired again. Mm. Now we got Sam Allardyce back. Uh, what's his name? I forget his name. He was he's he's the manager of Southampton. I'm totally blanking on him right now. But there's they Tony Pulis. You know, like they they recycle and recycle and recycle. I know he was on Cardiff and then came back, but you know, it's it's good to see a fresh manager, a new manager come into a big club and, and do so well. Because I think we need newer managers, fresher faces to come up to the Premier League. A little shake-up never hurt nothing, so absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So how'd you, how how you feeling? How do you, how'd you feel about that? You think we did good on that that podcast? We're still recording, by the way. I just want to know. I just want to know how your experience on Footy Ado has been so far. So. Um, 
I wish I had gone less less with the story at the beginning. Ah, oh, you're still worried about the story. I, I wish I had done less with the story at the beginning. Came in a little hot with that. Um, what else? I wish I knew a little more about the ad, the more particular aspects of the uh, the paths in for the teams in the uh, Champions League. Because I know yeah. like the last round, but I haven't I haven't watched any of the Champions League this year. Yeah, it's been. Exci- I mean, it's been. It's been pretty exciting. You still got time to, <laughs> to get into that, but regardless, you have been a wonderful guest. It's always fun to sit down, and chat, and chat with you. Whether we're recording, whether it was the penalty spot, or whether it's the new face, um, the footy ado, uh, delusional soccer podcast, delusion shared by two in close association. Um, you know, please follow us on Twitter at footy ado and on Instagram at footy ado. Look out for us. Wherever you get your podcasts, we post on Anchor.fm, we are on Pocket Cast, we are on Apple Podcasts, and we are on Spotify, uh, as well as many more. So please check us out there. Also, please rate rate us, please um, review, leave a review for us on on Apple Podcasts, five stars. If you, I mean, if you think we're five stars, I'd, I'd I rather mean, you I be think honest. we're five stars. I think we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, for either co-hosts. way. For co-hosts, way. I think we're pretty five stars. Yeah, I mean, if, if you give us five stars, it'll allow us to be seen by more people. And if we're seen by more people, then the truth will come out on how, on how good we, we really are, you know? so uh, And we'll be able to be even better than better than five stars. Yeah, and hey, if you have a delusion, if you have a delusion of yourself, of, of your own, any hot takes you want to leave in the review, leave the review uh, with Ooh. your delusion. We will... Um, love to hear what you have to say, but uh, Sal, it has been real. This has been good. Oh, it's been real Jared, good. Always a pleasure to drink from the uh, from the Raymond from the Raymond Kool Aid. I'm I'm always uh, always excited to be a part of anything you and Zach are cooking up in the kitchen these days. Oh man, a nice little and hey, check out Sal's kitchen. Why not? Oh you know? please, no, dear God. <laughs> Oh uh, well, that that'll that'll be our time for for this one. But uh, thank you again, Sal, for coming in. Maybe next time we'll get we'll get a three man booth. So uh, it'll be bye from me and Sal here. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.